Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. We are starting a brand new series, and this series is going to be really different than anything we've done before and probably unexpected. Uh, we, I, was, I was talking with my studio manager the other day about what we wanted to do next, and we came up with this idea. We thought it would be cool, and it was actually inspired by our guests today. So the idea was, let's talk to some people who are just getting started, uh, just getting serious about wedding video, and talk to them about that journey that they're on. So uh, with me today, I have Trent Madden. Uh, if you're on the Facebook uh, forums and that kind of thing, you may have seen Trent. Uh, he recently started a YouTube channel, and I think this is a really interesting concept, so I'm excited to follow him on YouTube. But the concept behind his channel is uh, basically the concept behind this series as well, which is, hey, I'm getting started. Come with me on this journey of trying to figure out uh, you know, if I can do this, if I can make a living off of making wedding films um, and other videos. Um, so I think this is going to be a really fun series, and thanks for coming on, Trent. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. I'm really excited to be here, uh, excited to have a good conversation. Absolutely. Awesome. So, Trent, uh, you're telling me that you you went to school, you got your bachelor's degree, and now you have a full-time job in digital marketing. Um, and about two years ago, you shot your first wedding film, um, but you didn't really think much about it until about six months ago. You started maybe something turned the light bulb turned on for you. Uh, talk to me about that experience. Uh, what was it six months ago that made you think, hey, I think I might want to give this thing a go? Yeah, for sure. So I've always wanted to be a creative and kind of a full-time creative and full-time videographer. Um, I was always interested in doing videos. In high school, I was making funny videos with my friends. I went to journalism school at Mizzou thinking I could do some creative things there. Um, and then, you know, I was about to graduate college and I was trying to figure out what exactly am I going to do? Like, how am I going to make money? What kind of job am I going to get? And so I, out of college, I kind of just realized, okay, I just need to get a job to get settled, you know, start paying the bills and everything. And on the side, I, I asked for video projects kind of on my Facebook, just announcing to everyone, hey, I'm trying to, you know, build more video projects and get into this kind of world. And I had a friend reach out to me, a college friend, and they asked me to film their wedding. And, you know, they paid me $500, which was pretty cool. You know, I, I had never gotten paid really for videos, uh, freelance or anything. So I took that for sure. And I made a video out of it. And, you know, it was pretty cool. And then, I, you know, I, I still didn't see a huge potential for, like, taking that full time. I had no idea of this world of wedding filmmakers and, and people making a full time living. So, and, sure. you know, and, you know, I was kind of scared myself, like, how am I going to, you know, pay the bills of the video job? Like, I kind of searched around for a bit. And most people I talked to kind of in the film industry, they were telling me, you know, you're going to have to, like, slog through film sets and carry, you know. All, like, I, I was like, okay, like, I can do that. I'm just, like, nervous. Is this sustainable? So, um, right. so I saw weddings as, like, a great way where I can, you know, have a full-time job, have that stability, but I can use my creativity to make money and kind of that was a good niche I could focus on to really start building a video presence in a business. So nice. I don't know if that was super long-winded. I try to be informative there. <laughs> no, no, that's good for sure. Yeah. So, um, what do you think it was? I mean, you got, you got this degree in, in journalism, then you got this job in digital marketing. Um, talk to me about like, what even interested you in the first, in this in the first place? Sounds like you were shooting some kind of video if your friends asked you to do their wedding film. Yeah. So I just, I've always been a creative person. Um, you know, I've, I wanted, I always wanted to be just, I was, I just wanted to get paid to create. That's kind of my thing. And so video yeah. was kind of something that I was really interested in, um, you know, from high school and stuff like that. And I saw it, 
I kind of saw it as the best way to honestly make money in the creative field because as, you, as you're seeing now, like more people need video and it's kind of a good thing. It's kind of a boon now where everyone needs video for their business and their, their social media accounts. And so, you know, I had some other creative hobbies too, but I saw video as something that, you know, there was an industry for, there's film and stuff like that. Just the hard part for me was bridging the gap to where can I realistically like get started and make yeah. it sustainable. So, um, yeah, about six months ago, you know, I saw I, I had this full-time job and I still had these video kind of dreams that I wanted to pursue. And so I saw, okay, you know, if I tell people, hey, I'm just a video guy, I make videos, people are going to be like, okay, what does that really mean? But if I focus on a niche where it's like, okay, I can be a, I can film your wedding, I can be a wedding videographer, then, you know, my friends and family or people I know can start to say, okay, this is something that you can do for me because it's a need. And right. so that's kind of a niche I, I wanted to focus on. And I, I really like it, you know. Um, and I, and I also, I, I discovered this online community of people who are making a living, um, making a pretty good living um, off wedding, wedding videos, just wedding videos. And so I thought, okay, this is a great way for me to, you know, really get started in making videos and, and maybe make a business out of it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love, I love just what you said there in, in the, it's just about a desire to create. Yeah. Um, and video just happened to be the vehicle for you. So, I think it's really cool because you've you've taken this this passion and this excitement to create and then turned that into hey how can I actually take a risk here and see if I can make a career out of this because for so many people they're going to go on in life doing a job that they hate to make money, to support things, to support them buying things that they don't need. And it's just like this vicious cycle. So I, I commend you in this early stage in your business here um, where you're just like, hey, I recognize that I love to create and I'm enjoying doing that right now through the means of video. How can I make this a sustainable way to live my life. Um, so, so I think just like coming at it from that perspective in the beginning is going to serve you well. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I love how you answered that in the way of, uh, not only do I want to do this with my life, but I want to do it in a way that's sustainable because I think that's where a lot of people fail when they're starting a business like this is that they don't necessarily think long-term about it thinking about how they can be sustainable. So I'm encouraged uh, to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And because, uh, like, I think a lot of people who have creative kind of tendencies, um, they think that they need to just go out to Hollywood or something and pray that someone picks them over, you know, have a little burst of six months where they're just trying to be a musician or something. But I think with the Internet, you know, there's so many more ways where you can make it sustainable now. Like there's, I actually read this book. It's called like Ignore Everybody. It's by this guy who's a cartoonist, and he actually like kept his day job. He like writes on the back of uh, business cards, and that's like his shtick. But um, he kept his day job because he's like, he's talking about like how you have to marry, you have to have bit, you have to make money and create art. So like even people who are at the peak of what they do, like someone like John Travolta or someone, he'll go make like a big mainstream movie to make his money and then he'll go make a side art piece like Pulp Fiction or something. So it's like you kind of have to marry both those things because, you know, you have to pay the bills, but you also, you're a creative and you have to create something that is meaningful to you. So I, I'm really interested in like trying to find, I, I'm really interested in people who are like kind of entrepreneurial about it, like, you know, using the internet, using different ways, um, to be a creative. It's, it's pretty cool to me. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's, let's change gears here and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the actual shooting of these weddings. So talk to me through, you said you filmed a wedding, uh, two years ago was your first wedding that you did. Um, you said, I think you said you didn't get serious about it till about six months ago, but, but you did shoot a wedding, uh, kind of a one-off two years ago. 
talk to me about that. What did you learn on that first wedding? Oh my gosh. I learned so much because I had some advice that I, 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 I knew a girl who shot some weddings. So I asked for her, her for some advice, but I was not really prepared. I kind of just followed along with the, the whole event. Uh, what is it called? The itinerary and kind of just shot over the photographer and um, I set up like I was supposed to have a tripod set up of like the whole ceremony and that that was going crazy because like I didn't have the right um, like my camera my DSLR was shutting off I had two cameras but that one was like shutting off and so like I wasn't like comp completely prepared but I made it through the day I gave them a highlight video um, so I just filmed like everything I could and I pretty much almost died of like exhaustion <laughs> and like not eating. I think a lot, I, th I think everyone makes that mistake, like of just not eating and like uh, in the beginning and just dying of exhaustion. But, yeah. um, but I know they were friends. So I just like, I wanted to make it good. So I filmed everything and I took forever to edit it because I didn't know exactly how it would look and stuff. Um, right. But I pretty much just like pure effort tried to make the best video I could. And, and it was decent, you know, it's um, probably not something I'd want to put on my portfolio, but, uh, yeah. you know, it was his decent effort, I think, you know, so it got me started. Talk to me through just like going from, from wedding one to wedding two, how did you do, how did you approach your second wedding differently after doing your first? Yeah. Wedding one. Yeah. So wedding two, I was a lot more strategic about the shots I was going to get. I knew, I knew what type of shots I wanted to get. Um, you know, I didn't film exactly everything. Um, you know, I watched other videos and was trying to get inspiration for certain shots I should get. I was much more strategic about my framing, you know, trying to get lower thirds, uh, rule of thirds. And, um, yeah, I was, I was just more organized and I'm still learning though. Like, because I definitely made mistakes on the second wedding too. Um, just, just learning things. Cause it was just, there's, there's a level of chaos at weddings. If you just, if you just don't know. And, uh, so I'm just trying to learn with each wedding and, um, definitely this, definitely learning on YouTube and from like courses and everything. Um, cause there's just so much you have to take into account and every wedding is different and every bride is different. Some people are like wondering why you're up close filming sometimes and some people are like once you closer. So like everyone has their preferences. So it's kind of, you just kind of have to learn by doing, I think. Yeah, for sure. When you think about that second wedding that you did, what do you feel like just in terms of overall approach? So, you know, you, you had done your first one and you learned a ton, but you also realized, you know, oh my goodness, there's all these things that that I didn't do that I wish I had done. So talk to me through some of those things. What were some, some regrets that maybe you had from the first one that you were like, okay, I'm definitely not going to screw that up this time. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so just having like multiple cameras set up cause it's just so important because if you miss a shot, you need a second camera, a third camera. And you know, sometimes maybe a fourth camera, if, if it's a high end wedding, I, I haven't, you know, I'm sh I may get to that, but you just need, multiple cameras sometimes if it's an important moment especially the ceremony because if your camera just shuts off if you mess up or you just aren't focused or uh, on the shot um that's definitely something that i've realized i need to, to have and, and just having backups of everything like backups for ca cameras lenses sd cards um you know audio equipment yeah because you have that camera go down in the first one right yeah, exactly, exactly. So batteries, like you need backups of everything. Like, like I started ordering B&H video and photo, like all this gear, like I, to have just to have backups, just just have peace of mind. And so you sure. need backups of everything, just because in a wedding it's a live event. You can't tell you can't tell them to shoot, to do it again, really. Uh, like there's certain moments you cannot repeat. So just being super. Oh, and just the timing of stuff too. Like being super diligent about getting set up for a shot that like, you know, they're cutting the cake, you know, they're, they're, uh, saying their vows, they're walking down the aisle, just being super focused. Like I can't miss this shot and get, getting set up plenty of time not being distracted by trying to shoot, you know, the 90th 
like dance scene, like getting set up for the cake, and just just all those key moments. Um, I think that's that's the big thing I've taken away, and I'm you know there's more there's so many details, but just getting the essential content is so important. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Talk to me about that balance that you you have to have. And it sounds like you're trying to find that right now is that balance between getting the shots that you just want to get because, you know, that was a fun dance scene that was happening on the floor right now versus the stuff that you have to get. So just just talk to me a little bit just more about, yeah, f- finding that, that balance of I'm shooting for myself and my own creative vision, but I'm also here for a very specific role. Um, and I have to do these things. Yep. So I think something I've done and I think everyone should do is have a shot list of the most important things you cannot miss. Um, kind of like some of the ones I just named. And then like once you get some of those essential shots, you can start to get more creative. Um, so I'll make sure, you know, I have some basic content. You know, I have some bride prep. I have some groom prep. You know, I have some outside shots. I have those essential moments walking down the aisle, um, vows. Uh, cutting the cake and then once you have those shots like per scene so you can start to get more creative you can start moving with the camera more you can um, shoot through some light um, look for unique angles to shoot um, per scene so if you get like if you get you know a few shots of the you know of the bride preps you know her getting ready and everything then you can start to get more creative and and like like I said I'm still learning all this stuff um but I, th- I think it's important to nail those important shots first. And then y- you have time to get creative once you get that, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, talk to me a little bit more. Um, I want to I I pick your brain about, like, specifically some of those, those very first weddings. It didn't have to be the first one or two, but just the first few weddings about uh, some of the nerves that were maybe there. You know, one of the things I want to do with this series is there's a lot of people who were who are in your same shoes who are just kind of getting started. Maybe they haven't even shot one. You know, maybe there's people who are who are digging through this podcast because they're preparing because they booked their first wedding and they haven't shot it yet, and so they're just trying to you know get past all the nerves and everything that comes with it. So talk to me about because I'm I'm I feel like I'm. Uh, kind of far removed from those situations where, um, and I think a lot of our listeners would be too. So talk to me about some of the, the feelings and the nerves and maybe if that caused any sort of situations for you at some of those first weddings. Yeah, there's definitely nerves when you're shooting your first few weddings. Um, just getting everything set up because there's a lot to think about, you know, getting the press, re- pressing record first of yeah. all. And then, you know, is, how does the lighting look? How are my settings? Um, do I have the right white balance? You know, I've shot some, like, really orange shots that yeah. look terrible. And, like, I had to learn that. And I think sure. the most important, like, the thing to realize is it's a video. So everything centers around a video. And you're just in the process of making it better. So don't think you have to be perfect. Um, you're going to learn things as you go. And hopefully your first few weddings they know you're a starter, like you're starting out. They know you're a rookie. Like, they, they want to get good value out of you. Honestly, they should know that you're get, they're getting great value out of you because it's, you know, it's hard to find someone who's going to try their hardest and is not just a scrub in video, you know what I'm saying? So, like, like and, and, like, if they don't want to go high-end, they don't have the budget, you know, they're paying, they're paying less for still a, a video, you know? Um, so, I think if you're nervous... I think it's just just be organized going into the day. You know, have a timeline of stuff. Um, communicate with the couple. They should know you're a rookie, like I said. And just have those backups ready. Charge everything the night before. Um, have your, your cards clear. Um, I would just test everything the night before. Like, is this recording long enough? Do I have the necessary cards? Like, Worst comes to worst, you break even on your first wedding or you, you know, you pay a little extra for batteries and stuff, but just get organized with like, okay, I'm having one tripod, two tripods set up here and here. 
um, just try to think as much as possible beforehand so you're not running around crazily like, cause, like I did. Like I just ran around and shot everything I could. So a little organization, I think, goes a long way. Um, and just like you're going to mess up. It's okay. Just like try your best. Like I even like um, I had a shot where like I was like moving the camera as they were like kissing. And like I was like that was an important shot that I wanted. But then I just kind of slow mode it to where it looked kind of like an artistic shot and I kind of flowed it into another shot. So you can get creative with it. And, you know, these couples aren't video experts, especially if they're hiring maybe a first timer, second timer. Um, so you can just, you can work in the edit and you can make it work. So I, I just don't get too nervous because everyone starts somewhere, you know? Yeah. So I think one thing that was, was really helpful for me, I'm curious if you did this, did you ever, did you ever shoot with anybody else or was your first wedding, was that solo? Have you shot with anybody else since then? Um, or have you just been doing your own thing? Yeah, so my first few weddings, I shot it solo, um, and I just shot over the photographer's shoulder, and she kind of, I asked, I literally was asking the photographer, like, sh like uh, where should we go here? Like, should I come down here the aisle or whatever? Because the photographer's getting content, too. You know, they're just photos. So if you shoot over their shoulder and kind of just communicate with them, they'll kind of help you out. Um, so, yeah, so I think, yeah, it's definitely ideal to start out shooting, second shooting, third shooting, shadowing someone who's done it before because they have a refined process that's, you know, ironed out. But for me, I kind of just threw myself in there and shot everything um, just myself in the beginning. And I literally just shot over the photographer's shoulder a lot of the times and kind of asked them, followed them, because, you know, they're shooting content too, so they can kind of be a guide. And I kind of worked with them, asked them, you know, should I go down here? Do you think this would be cool. And so, um, I think that's a good guide if you're, sh if you're shooting just your first wedding, just starting out. But yeah, I think you should definitely, um, shadow someone if that's available. Um, and I'm actually, I actually haven't really, I shot one with another friend who's into film and stuff, but I haven't really shot too much with other people. I'm going to be getting more into that. And I'm actually, um, I'm actually freelancing for a company to get some more experience just to see how yeah. other other people do things um for i'm free sure. i'm freelancing for them um and it's good because they have a flexible schedule where i can literally just say if i'm available and i can shoot my own weddings if i have that but if not i can shoot some other weddings and see how someone else does it um who has a process who has some more advanced um equipment and process you know like i haven't done too much glide cam or gimbal moving stuff so they do that so i'm looking forward to learning some of that and seeing how other people shoot things for sure yeah what have you done in terms of of uh, trying to educate yourself as you're starting out and what, what are you finding are some of the most helpful things for you online video courses youtube and then the wedding film school uh facebook group is great that have every question there you could possibly need. But there's a lot of good people on YouTube now who are answering questions and kind of telling what they do and, you know, what, you know, what equipment they use, how they shoot the weddings, how they book people. So there's a, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Just go on to YouTube and, and, and search any question and you can find a lot of stuff. I also did buy a course just because I'm, you know, I'm trying to get better at, at my craft. I bought a like a creative live course. It was Ray Roman's course. I bought that. Mm -hmm. So I've been going through some of that. So I think it's just my process is kind of shooting, wet, shooting my own weddings and then trying to get better each time and implementing new stuff you learn from those educational sources into each wedding. You don't have to put everything in there. Um, you know, just maybe what are three things you can introduce? One thing you can do better, two things that you can improve upon that you learned from somebody else and just testing that in new weddings because you know you learn by doing and you may try something and not like it and you develop your own style by by trying out new ideas and there's a ton of them online is there other than other than raised class um which is which is a fantastic class definitely if you're getting started uh you know pony up the i don't know what do they charge 100 200 bucks for that class whatever it's about 120 i believe yep yeah that will definitely be $120 well spent. So definitely if you're just getting started or if you're just trying to up your game, definitely 
take a look at that class. Are there other sources? Uh, you know, you mentioned just kind of YouTube and stuff. Are there any other specifics that you'd say, you know, Hey, this YouTube video or this, sorry, this YouTube channel, um, or anything else that's been super helpful for you, helpful yeah, for so, you getting started. So there's so many wedding filmmakers on YouTube and I just, I literally follow them all. I subscribe to them all or anybody I think <laughs> is really good. So of course, like Craig Adams, he's like the quintessential, like educational wedding filmmaker. Cause he, you know, he created the wedding film school channel and that's a really good resource. Sure. Although he retired and I'm kind of pissed about it. No, it's all, <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, but, you know, there's... Hold up. I have so many YouTube subscriptions. I'm trying to think. Oh, Matt Johnson. Matt Johnson, he puts out a lot of stuff. Oh, uh, Forestry Films, they put out some stuff too. There's just a ton of filmmakers and they all are very generous with sharing their process. And I think it's a smart thing to do um, to share your process because, you know it's kind of marketing in a way like you get to connect with other filmmakers in the industry. People start to know your name. Um, brides will could see you on YouTube and other channels too. If you, you know, if you get a little bit of a following and your videos are getting views, that's impressive to people. Yeah. YouTube. I'm really big on the YouTube community <laughs> for wedding filmmakers. Yeah. Awesome. Tell me about, uh, tell me a little bit more about this, uh, this this project you have on the side with your YouTube channel. So, uh, yeah, talk to me about why you created this, how you hope it's helpful, you know, all that kind of stuff. I created my YouTube channel because I, I wanted to document the process of, like, me um, building my wedding film studio and kind of my filmmaking journey. Um, I just think it's cool. It's a cool way to make content. And I think, honestly, I, I love watching people who are on a journey, like on YouTube or like any sort of documentary. And especially if the person's not big yet, I think that's so cool because you're literally seeing someone try and they might fail and you're literally seeing their effort. It's not a polished thing that was like edited um, to make them look like a superstar from day one. It's an authentic thing where you're saying, okay, this guy's like me. He's trying his hardest. He's trying this. And so it's really cool. Um, and I'm a follower of Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's like a social yeah. media guy, and he's all about documenting the process. So that kind of I kind of got that from him. And I I I follow a lot of vloggers too, you know, Casey Neistat and all that. So I just think it's really cool to see people's creative process, and uh, that's why I'm doing it. I, I I just think it's I think it's fun. One, I think it's fun. Two, I like watching it myself. So I'm kind of creating something I'd want to consume myself. Um. It's helpful for other people, I think. And I think it's good marketing, to be honest. I think, you know, people see you as, people start to see you more as an authority. Not that I'm an authority by any means now, I'm starting out. But just by teaching something, you kind of become like an influencer in the space. And I think it's just cool to connect with other wedding filmmakers, like just like this. Like I'm getting to talk to you, um, I'm getting to develop relationships with people in the wedding film school Facebook group. Like I had a guy reach out to me who's in the Dallas area and I'm probably going to shoot some second shoot some stuff with him. Um, so it's just a great way to get into the community. And um, yeah, I think YouTube's fun. It's just fun stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you. Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. 
And now, 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. Okay, one of the things that I remember early on, and I think I'm, I'm you know, probably anybody who's who's worth a look at this is going to constantly be realizing all of the things that they um, that they don't know. You know, those become less and less over time, of course. But but we still we think about things that we either don't know or you know, every wedding I go away from. Um, you know, I'll feel good about it, but there'll be certain aspects of it that I'm like, you know, oh, I wish I had done this better or whatever the case is. Um, so talk to me about some of those things for you. Um, since you're early on, I imagine there's probably more of those things. What are some of the things that you're realizing now of, Hey, I really got to work on this cause I'm not doing very good with these things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the more you dive into video, and just filmmaking, I think, yeah, you're right. There's, you, you realize there's a ton to learn. Because, you know, you just start out with a camera and just kind of recording things and pointing it at people. But then you get into, you know, the right settings on the camera. You're not just shooting in auto. You know, you're shooting in the, the right lighting and to where it's not going to adjust the camera mid-shot. You're getting into different lenses that have different width and you know, focus and, um, and different scope. And then, you know, you got white balance. Why is my picture orange on here? Like, you know, then just all, all the settings that go into it. And that can be totally confusing at the beginning. Um, and then there's all this equipment. You see a film set, you're like, you get intimidated. You, um, you know, you see the, all these tripods, glide cams, gimbals, cranes, whatever, depending on what you're, you're watching. And then, um, you know, all this, all this sort of stuff. But so, yeah, there's a ton of stuff I'm still learning. Like, there's just so much. And I think that's what attracts me to it. It's so fun because it's a journey of mastery where you can never be perfect. It's always trying to get better at something, um, whether that's your composition, whether that maybe you like this picture profile better, maybe the gear is better here, maybe you need to focus more on storytelling and forget the gear. Um, there's all this stuff that goes into it, and it's it's really fun to like learn new things, and tr- there's always something to learn and get better at. Um, so, yeah, and, and then just remembering at the end of the day, it's to create a great video. It doesn't matter about all this equipment and everything if it doesn't enhance the video. But at the same time, if it does enhance the video, take it into your process. And, um, yeah, I, like I, there's so many things that like I need to learn. Like I still feel like... I still get scared sometimes. I'm like, man, I don't, like, I don't know enough. Like, I, I, I'm not a professional. Like, what if I mess this up? Like, what if another video person sees my video and they're like, this guy sucks and stuff. So there's like, you know, I think there's always that feeling of uh, imposter syndrome. But it's just, I think it's the healthiest way is to view it as a process of getting better because that's all you can do. And over time, sure. you're going to look back and see, okay, yeah, I'm pretty good at this now. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, this is, I think, something that I hear. I hear questions a lot from people who are getting started um, that, you know, send me messages on, on Facebook or emails uh, asking me about some of their gear and stuff. In terms of, like, getting started for you, um, you know, how, how did that work in terms of the gear for you? So you, you started off with two cameras, it sounded like. Um, your first wedding. Talk to me a little bit about, yeah, just kind of the process and the gear and that kind of thing. I got a Canon Rebel T3i in college, and that was my first DSLR. And that was kind of the camera I was shooting with. And then my first wedding, I knew I needed a backup camera, so I borrowed a Canon Mark II from a friend who was in video. And so I had those two to start out with. I just borrowed that one, and he let me borrow it for free, so it turned out turned out great. Um, so I think Canon's probably a big entry point for a lot of people, just a basic 
DSLR, just like a, you know. Sure. Like I think anything from, you know, probably like under $1,000, under $1,000 easily you can find a decent camera that you can start with. You know, it's not going to be the highest quality, but you can start with it. Um, so then with gear, I've, it's crazy because you're always looking like who, who's this person using? Like you're looking at other wedding filmmakers. I really like that image. Like, how do I get that? And it's, it's a tough balance because I want to have the best image. Um, I'm shooting with a Canon Mark three now. So for my, so after my first wedding, I got, I went ahead and bought the Canon Mark three for my second wedding. Cause I just had my eye on it for a while. And I, it was a cool camera that I thought everyone liked. Um, I usually get kind of gear later than everybody else. Cause I want to see what the best stuff is and what fades away. And plus the price goes down. Um, sure. so I think that's really important not to just go out and buy a ton of gear that you may not use, or you may switch later because I think this is, I think this is really important. A lot of people don't realize the financials behind wedding videography. They think, oh, I get $1,000 here. Like, that's straight to my pocket. Like, no. Like, not even, like, not even close. Like, yeah. if, like, as a side business, it can make some more money. But if you're trying to do it full time, like, I started busting out, like, spreadsheets. And you have to take into account your equipment eventually, you know, needing to be replaced and it depreciating. And so if you buy a ton of gear and you don't have a ton of weddings coming in, you're pretty much, you're losing money because you're going to have, like, it's going to wear down. You may want to get something new. So I try to be really conscious with what gear I'm getting. And um, for now, I'm going to, for now, I'm probably sticking with the Canon Mark III because I was thinking about switching, you know, Sony, um, Panasonic. But I saw, like, I don't know if you've heard of Fior Films. I've been doing a lot of research into wedding filmmakers. There's a person sure, called yeah. Fior Films, and they're really good. And I, they're yeah. shooting with a Canon Mark III. So I was like, okay, I need to just get better at my craft and get really good with, with the Canon Mark III is a great camera. And it's, you know, it's not the tools, it's the person using the tools. It's, what is that? Absolutely. It's not the, it's not the arrow, it's the Indian. I think, I think that's the phrase, something like that. <laughs> um, so there's so much you can learn and get better at and improve the product with before upgrading your gear. And believe me, I've, I've thought about it, but um, that just goes to show you, I think this Fior Films, um, studio, they're, they have incredible work and they shoot yeah. it with, with a Canon Mark III and they edit on Sony Vegas. Yeah. I've given, I've given her a pretty hard time about that actually. Yeah. yeah. Which is incredible. <laughs> the product they get from that. And I'm just like, okay, there's something to this, like improve your craft. And if you want to upgrade over time and your, your business is going to, your business is doing well and it's going to improve the image. Sure. Go ahead and do it. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely don't get caught up in all the gear and stuff. That's what all the equipment companies want you to do. <laughs> it's easy to get caught up in it. And you know, eventually I'll probably upgrade. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how good I can get with the Canon Mark three. But I think, you know, just a Canon Mark three, a, a solid camera you can do a lot with, you know, there's so many good ones out there. Sure. Yeah, I think I think your approach here is really really wise because because that is that is something that it's easy for not just people who are getting started but it's easy for people who've been doing this a long time to get caught up in that. And and you know, for some of us it's more important than others because you know, once you're at a higher price point, you kind of have to stay on top of some of those things a little bit more than others. And, and I say that, but then, you know, Sharon's just killing it with, you know, with the 5D3. So that's not necessarily the case for everybody. But I think there is, there, there comes a point where, you know, you have to offer 4K upgrades and, and some of those kind of things. Um, you know, you have to try to get the cleaner image at the higher ISOs or whatever the case is. But but so much beautiful work can be done with, you know, cameras that are several years old um, and with, with lenses that, that aren't the top of the line, you know, because so much more of, of what makes a great film is about the story and is about the way that you compose that image, whatever the image quality looks like much more uh it's so much more important that you compose that well and that you light it well um that the the bride and groom look attractive in the shot um all those things 
um, in particular that you're telling the story and that you're getting clean audio to be able to tell the story. It's just so much more important than some of those details. So I think that's really, really wise of you. And, and I, um, you know, I applaud you for, uh, for trying to step above that constant gear acquisition syndrome that so many people get caught up in because it can be detrimental to your goal of becoming a full-time filmmaker. Yeah. And it's definitely like a balance. Like you said, like, I think as I get into shooting, you know, more higher end weddings, um, and couples who want a great product, you know, I'll probably get more of those questions of, um, you know, 4k and people looking at other videos and looking at the image quality and wondering if I can do the same. So I think I'll, I'll develop into it eventually. I'm just trying to take a more of like a, yeah, like a iterative approach. So kind of evolving as I go. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Is there, is there anything else that you feel like if if you have a, a fellow counterpart out there who's listening to the show that is just getting started in this, what do you want to say to them? Yeah, so I think honestly, in the beginning, if you don't know where to start, um, it can be tough to get your first kind of wedding bookings. So, like I, um, I think you shouldn't be intimidated to start going out and just shooting weddings and doing your best. I think for, you can offer a free wedding video because there's so many couples that don't do wedding videos because they don't have the budget and they're, they think photos are better, which they're not, but no, uh, but, um, no photos are great, but, um, you can shoot someone for free guaranteed. Like someone will take you up on that offer. Um, and I actually shot a video on this. I'm not going to plug too hard, but, um, there are great ways where you can get started just with your family and friends. So I would recommend if you're, if you're trying to get some bookings starting out, um, just go on Facebook and write one of those long posts about your new life transition that everyone will like. Um, and talk about, Hey, I'm looking for video projects and I want to do weddings. So if there's anyone out there, um, I'm willing to do my first wedding for free if you don't have any experience. And then, um, once you get the first one, you can get, you can get paid to do it for sure. You can get $500. You can, then you can work up to a thousand. Like you can do it. My second one, I'll, sh- I'll share. I'm, I'm open. My second one was 1200 and it was a, it was a good family friend and you know, it was a nice wedding, but they didn't have the budget for a super high end video, but they paid me, um, you know, 1200. That's my second wedding, you know? So you mm-hmm. can make money with this. You just need a portfolio piece to start out. And I found a cool little hack on Facebook that you can do. So, um, you can actually search your Facebook friends who are engaged on Facebook and pull them all up. And then I would literally just go to the ones you feel comfortable with and say, Hey, I saw you're getting married. Didn't know if you're getting a wedding video. I'm starting out in weddings. I'll do it for free. Um, love to know what you think and just go down that list. And I guarantee you'll get one, like at least one, two, three, like who's going to turn that down if they're not going to have a wedding video. Um, And then, so my first few have been family friends. And I think, um, yeah. And then word of mouth starts to go a little bit, friends of friends. And then I think there's an opportunity on the knot if you have a little extra money. Um, I know that's not an option for everyone. But once you get the first few and you got have a portfolio piece, I only had three portfolio pieces on there that I wanted to show. And I just charged, um, let's see, I charged 30 I started out at 1500, then I just brought it down to 1300 just cuz I wanted to get more for my portfolio and sure. get paid to do it, you know? So I did 1300 on the knot and I literally put 1300 on my thumbnail on the knot and I got I've gotten several weddings, like 3, I think I've gotten 3 in like a month and a half. And I've gotten several more inquiries. Hmm. Um so that is an option. I think that's a clear path to getting started. And then if you're nervous about, you know, your knowledge and everything, just second shoot with someone or shadow somebody. And everyone I've met in the wedding filmmaking community is super helpful. Um, so I think that's a great path to getting started. If you want more info, go to my YouTube channel. I, I think it's a good video. Um, you can search, let's see, um, Trent, just search Trent Madden and then, or search building a wedding film studio from scratch. And that's 
I have a video on there, and then you can, you can uh, that's my trailer, and then there's another video talking about how to get started. Um, and then you can just watch me what I do. I'm literally experimenting the same way. So if you're getting started too, let's learn from each other, and you can check out my videos. And I think that's a clear path to getting started. Yeah. I think that's really helpful advice because for so many people, it is just a question of, well, how do I even get started? So definitely, you know, go over and check out that video because it sounds like you've, uh, you know, you're definitely on a path to, to getting more bookings, um, which is really difficult in the beginning for a lot of people. So, you know, definitely beat down those doors. Uh, I know you can find people, um, you know, like you said, through Facebook, which sounds like a great way because you have some sort of connection to that person. Um, but also I know people are constantly posting, looking for, you know, a 300, a $500, uh, wedding videographer on Craigslist, you know, so there's, there's all kinds of creative ways to get out there and try to find some work that's going to pay, you know, little or nothing, but it's going to be something that actually gets you started. And I think, of course, there's going to be people who chastise me for even giving that recommendation. But if they're honest, I think most people are going to look back and say, that's how they got their start is, you know, shooting a wedding for free or for very, very little money. Um, and so there's no, there's no shame in that. If this is a path that you want to go down, um, or if you just want to find out if maybe it is, uh, you know, definitely look for that person who, you know, Either, you know, they just don't have the budget for it or they're, they're being, you know, uh, they're, they're spending way too much money on their flowers, um, rather than on a video, uh, but find those people and see if you can make them a wedding film and, you know, go that path. So I, I think that's, I think that's wise. I think it's a good way to get started with this. Uh, Trent, we haven't done this on the show in a while and I forgot to ask you beforehand, um, but we haven't done it in a while because we've been on this, uh, this series where I was talking to non-wedding filmmakers. I was talking to other people in the industry, but uh, let's get back on track here and do a pick of the week. So um, do you have anything for me? I'm going to recommend, because there are a lot of knowledgeable wedding filmmakers who have been on this podcast and they have all the great equipment that they have used and the fanciness and everything. I'm going to give you the starter lens that you should just go with if you're starting out. I think you should just literally get a 24 to 70 zoom lens or just a zoom lens of any kind, 24 to I think it's 135 or something like that. And I personally have just a Canon... 24 to 70 um, f-stop 4, and I think that's a great way to start out capturing events and weddings, just because it can be scary if you're locked into one um, focal point where you can't zoom out, or you're too, you're too close, or you're too far. So if you have a zoom lens starting out, that gives you a little more comfort filming a live event, and I think you could literally film the whole wedding with that. Um, so I think don't get caught up in all the gear. Just hit up a 24 to 70 or a 24 to 135. Start out with a zoom lens that can cover you when you, things are moving around. Um, and that's what I'm going to go with, the super basic, reliable 24 to 70. There you go. Nice. Good pick. Very good pick. Well, my pick of the week is going to be also, I'm trying to going to try to relate this to, this may have been a pick of the week before and I just forgot about it. I know we've, we've at least mentioned it. I don't think it's been a pick of the week. Um, but uh, I talked about this before is over and, and above so much of like image quality and some of those, those nitty gritty things is storytelling. And along with that is getting clean audio. So the recommend the the pick of the week that I'm going to have is the task the Tascam, uh, I think it's the DR10, uh, DR10L maybe something like that. Anyways, uh, the reason I'm recommending that is because it is a piece of kit that I think it's going to last you a very long time if you're getting started, um, but it's also dummy proof. Um, so you can turn this thing on and it's going to record at two levels. Um, you know, one at where it thinks it should be and 10, uh, and then another one, 10 decibels below that. 
And so you're going to have good, clean audio of the officiant and the groom if you put that on there. Um, and it's a pretty budget-friendly option. Uh, it's about the same price as if you bought a decent LAV and a Zoom H1, which I think is probably what a lot of people start with. But this is a way better option. It's it's just under 200 bucks, um, but it's completely dummy-proof. You are going to get clean audio if you use this. So... Uh, really, if you're getting started, I, I don't think there's really any reason to look at anything else, to be honest. Um, I just think it's, it's that good and it's that easy to use. So definitely, uh, check that out if you're getting started and trying to figure out how to get good, clean audio. Yeah. So, I'm actually probably going to buy one of those really soon. Um, cause I have yeah. some weddings coming up and I'm, I'm looking to get my audio upgraded and stable. So I think like I've actually been having my eye on that. So I'm glad you plugged that. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Definitely a a safe bet for sure. Well, you mentioned this before, um, but I'll give you one more chance to to tell people where they should go if they want to find out more about what you're doing here on this, this journey of getting started. Yeah. So you can check me out on YouTube. I'm still figuring out my branding and what I want to call the channel and stuff. So it's my official channel name is Trent DeBose Madden, which is like my creative name. It's Trent D-A-B-O-S-3 Madden. If you can't find that, just search building a wedding film studio from scratch. And on that channel, I'm, I'm literally just documenting my entire process of like starting a videography studio, wedding videography studio and learning along the way and trying to show everything. And hopefully people can find value in that. And hopefully I'm somewhat entertaining. Um, so Check it out. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you know way more than me, but maybe it's entertaining. So uh, that's my uh, that's where you can find me. Well, I definitely found a lot of inter- entertainment value when you did the uh, was the top five wedding filmmakers. Uh, that was that was a fun video. That was my video uh, to try to yeah I'm try to get market my channel out there. You know. Yeah. Well, it worked. That was that was a fun video. So well done. Oh, I should actually mention this real quick. Um, yeah. so I actually just realized this. Um, so you filmed my like second cousin's wedding, uh, Travis Cleveland. He's like my second cousin and like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, wait, I know that's Jordan. Oh shoot. So I was like, that's, uh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Awesome video, man. You killed it. Thank you. That was a really fun one. I loved that couple so much fun. Yeah. They're awesome. They're awesome. Well, very cool. Small world. Well, thanks again for coming on. Um, if, uh, those of you who are, um, who are enjoying this podcast, if you, if you've listened this long, surely you're enjoying yourself. So definitely please help us out just by giving us a review on iTunes, hop on over there and let us know what you think. Uh, we've been getting some great feedback, some great comments, also some helpful feedback as well. So I really appreciate all of that that you're giving. Um, but, but please hop on over there and, uh, give us a review, shoot me an email. Let me know what you think. I always love to get your emails. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like us to, to cover on the show, definitely send us those as well. But, uh, yeah, thanks again for tuning in. The wedding film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.